Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me always, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, this is a early Sunday morning recording. Uh, I... I mean, it was lovely. I mean, before we get into what today's show's about, uh, I got to watch UFC. I had no plans on a Saturday night, and I just realised that UFC started at 4pm. Oh, it was heaven. I just got to watch loads of it, and then I saved I saved the last couple of fights, and, and I watched them this morning uh, when I got up. But yeah, I've watched the UFC live, and it's half nine on a Sunday morning, and I'm not half asleep. I feel great. You all right? Um, I didn't have quite the same experience. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm over in Belfast filming at the moment, and majority of the people that I'm filming with are like 10 years younger than me. Um, and uh, they all wanted a night out. It started with a bit of bowling, so uh, that was the afternoon. So I was, I'm fortunately watching... Jack Shaw and, and Ricky Simone fight on my phone. Well, we'll get into that in a bit, but but I was watching them fight on my phone whilst bowling. I did win the bowling. Yeah, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh, then, yeah, then it all got a bit like like young. It all got a bit too young because... Or did you get a bit too old? Well, potato, potato. Um, it was <laughs> basically like... <clears throat> we, we had a few snacks at the bowling or whatever which we then left at maybe like, I don't know, seven-ish. And I'm like, right, well, we're, we're going for food now, right, guys? No. We go to someone's apartment and we're just like there drinking for like two and a half hours and it gets to like gone nine o'clock. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Why aren't people going, why aren't people hungry? Like, as a dad of young children, my dinner time now is about 5 p.m. So for us to get to gone nine o'clock and we haven't eaten, I'm pretty sure one of the other actors just looked at me and then stood up and went, guys, I think we need to go and get some food. And I said to him, I was like... Blake's crying. (laughs) Blake's just (laughs) crying in the corner, eating his own face. Um, But I was like, did you you realise? He was like, oh yeah, I could totally tell that you were like getting pissed off because you were hungry. (laughs) So that's uh, that's good. Um, And... uh, yeah, so we um, we ended up like going for food, 
not eating until like nearly 10 o'clock and then went to like a club afterwards and stuff and it was like the most I'd like drunk and danced and all that stuff for, for many, many years. Um, so yeah, I'm on maybe about five, maybe five hours, maybe less, five hours. And it was like, I was intermittently watching stuff because I got back here and like, I drink things like, I don't know, like a vodka and Coke, a rum and Coke, something like that. So I get back and I, I didn't feel too drunk even though I had quite a lot to drink, but I'm buzzing on caffeine and sugar. So I can't sleep. So I watched loads of the fights like later on. Like I watched, you know, Ortega Rodriguez and all those fights at, later on at like 2 a.m. So I did it the reverse. The one time that the UFC was on at a good British time, I watched it like it was on like America time and like was watching it in bed at like 2 a.m. Um, so yeah, a little bit all over the shop, but we'll get through it. Well, should we touch on uh, a few a few uh, highlights from last night? I mean, let's let's first of all let's let's talk about. Uh, Tank versus Ricky Simon, um, and I mean heartbreaking. We, we, we you know, we we, we love uh, Jack Shoria on this podcast. You know, he's he's such a top lad, and it was a tough night in the octagon for him. I think he was starting. It felt to me he was starting to establish his range a little bit. Um, I, I thought it was a tight first round. Um, I don't know if I would have given the first round to Jack. I thought maybe Ricky took it. Um, <sighs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, as much as the ending wasn't what we wanted, you've got to say impressive performance from Ricky Simon. Yeah. I mean, again, I was watching it whilst intermittently bowling. Um, so it was a bit of a strange one. But it, it did seem like Ricky just, just got the better of him in a few situations. Ricky maybe had the better wrestling. He had more power in his shots and it, Jack got clipped with a big shot in that second round, which led to him going down and getting the arm triangle. Um, look, I mean, will Jack improve from this? I'm sure he will. I mean, the it's such a tricky thing because I think... He they, got caught flush on the temple. Yeah, and he was still, you know, surviving for a while. Yeah. Um I think I think I think this shows how deep the bantamweight division is. I think it shows that I think both those guys are really talented. I think Ricky Simone will will do really well. I think he could be a top five guy. I think he's actually got a lot that he can still show and and as I say, do very, very well in, in this division. So losing to Ricky Simone is no no kind of like slight on on Jack at all but what I think happens now is going to be difficult for Jack because I do think that the UFC are happy to feed him to the wolves type thing I do think that whoever won this fight I think they were going to push maybe and try and get some good fights maybe a Sean O'Malley I know Ricky called him out um or something good and move them up the rankings but for the loser of this fight there are lots of people waiting in the wings outside the rankings that are chomping at the bit, champing at the bit. I can't remember what we said. Definitely not choking at the bit, which is what you said many moons ago. I love the, the fact that you podcast. thought you might get it wrong, but uh, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to throw Stu right under the bus. Oh, yeah. No, chomping or champing is like, I can, you can interchange that. Choking at the bit is not a phrase. Um, but, uh, the, um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you, they've, they've paired Jack up before with, like, Saeed Nurmagomedov, yeah. Umar Nurmagomedov. 
these are people that I think Jack's got a number next to his name and those guys are they should be fighting people with numbers next to their names and I think Jack Jack coming off a loss is yeah I, I think he's th- those other guys will be looking at that and going yep that, that's our next fight that's our guy we want to get a number next to our name so it, it's not going to be easy for Jack. The, the, the fights may even only get harder. When you look at Saeed and Umar Nurmagomedov, Jesus, they look so, so talented. So, yeah, I think Jack's going to be potentially in a difficult spot. But look, Jack's got a An great attitude. Talent. He's very, very talented. So hopefully he can pull it back and, and do really well. And But I, I, just, I can just see he, there's no easy matches left for, for, for Jack. Not that he's necessarily but, had easy matches, but like, no, did, but, basically uh, the, the future looks not, not like he's looking down the barrel of loads of losses, but it looks hard. It looks difficult. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he obviously got his first loss last night, but his record's so impressive. And when you get to that, that point of, of, of your career, looking, you know, into that top 10, there's never going to be easy fights, and I know that's definitely not the case in in that division. You know, some divisions you could probably go, well, do you know what? Yeah, I reckon I'll comfortably take a couple of them. Um, but you look at that, and it is stacked. It 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 really is. And I, but I just want to talk about um, Ricky Simon again, though, because um, he he just had a good game plan there. Went in as the underdog as well, um, and I thought he looked. He looked solid. He looked like really, really strong. Um, his boxing was good. Obviously, Jack's boxing, you know, um, he boxes under Gary Lockett, which, you know, is a- absolute legend. Um, you know, Jack's boxing was sharp. He was establishing that jab. Um, but this is, this is UFC. You know, this is mixed martial arts. He got caught with a shot on the temple. And there's nothing you can do about that. When you get that shot on the temple, your legs go. Whatever your head's saying, your legs go. And he went down and he tried to do his best. And it's, you know, it, I'm sure it's a tough pill for, for Jack to swallow. But um, he's he's a very, very talented young boy. And, and I can't wait to see him uh, come back, um, you know, a, a better fighter. You know, drawing from, from that loss. I don't think he may... Big mistakes. He just got caught, and and that's the you know that is what why this sport's so exciting because it can change and it can flip itself so quickly. And losses can sometimes be really beneficial for fighters. Like absolutely, again, Ricky Simone lost to to Uriah Faber a few years ago. Look at what he's done since. Got you know? caught was dominating yeah. the fight. Got caught. That is that that it, that as you as you said, this shit happens, and sometimes it can actually be something that spurs a fighter on or makes them realise they had a weakness or, or, or something that they need to strengthen or something like that, and it can lead to them actually having a better career after the loss. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, let's not do, do a big deep dive into this card, but I, I would say it was a great card. Like, I thought I thought yeah. pretty much every fight was, was, was well decent. Um, I mean, Bur- Burgos, Charles Jordan was a great oh fight. Oh, my life. That was incredible. Yeah. And Matt Schnell gave one of the best comebacks I've ever seen. <laughs> he was getting yeah. lit up and taking some big elbows, jelly legs, and then yeah. just came back and was phenomenal. Li Jingliang looked awesome. Like, what a, what a nice little uh, finish that was. Um and yeah, I thought Waterson uh, Lemos fight was great. Um, I thought it was 
I could see that, like, you could tell that the karate hot, he was trying to kind of keep moving, stay out of the range because Amanda throws bombs and they look heavy. At one point, she threw a left hook and literally nearly span herself around in a circle. There's power in that, that lady's arms. Um, and, and, I, and I thought Waterson was doing good. It was like kick for kick. Every time someone was throwing, she was throwing straight back. But... Uh, yeah, I just think um, it was a, a, a decent uh, submission, and and I'm, I'm interested to see where uh, Amanda goes now. I think she's uh, she, she's a threat. Um, I think the, the 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 main event to me felt like one of the worst outcomes the UFC could possibly have had because they've they've announced Makachev versus Oliveira Charles. for the lightweight belt, which makes you think. Well, I mean, to be fair, Volkanovski's got the hand surgery or something he has to go through because he broke his hand in the Holloway fight. So he is probably going to be out for a while. But it means now that with Makachev fighting Oliveira, maybe Volk won't be going up immediately. Although he did put out some kind of tweet or something saying, oh, who am I fighting next? When he had a picture of the, um, the Makachev and Oliveira uh, uh, fight announcement. So maybe he thinks he is going up in weight mm. to take on the winner of that fight. But it makes me think that if if Rodriguez had say finished Ortega in a more, you know, expected way, and not 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 like an injury, but like he knocked him out or he armbarred him or he did something, he then, weren't knocking out Brian Ortega. I don't know. He man. hit I mean, him. He hit him flush. Yeah, but it was still like the first round, wasn't it? Like, like over just walk five through rounds. It. Like, yeah. boy's well, got a chin. Well, of, of course, we know Ortega's got a chin for sure. But I mean, Rodriguez has got some amazing. I mean, look what he did to Korean Zombie. That weird yeah. upward elbow after lo- after losing that fight until like the final second. Um, but my point is, had Rodriguez say knocked out Ortega, or something, I think it would have been obvious to go. Do you know what, Volk? Fight Rodriguez, and then maybe you can think about moving up. Beat another featherweight. Try and kind of clear out the division a little bit before you move up, because lightweight is kind of log jammed as it is. Um, so that would have made a lot of sense. But now you're looking at a situation where Josh Emmett thinks he's done enough for the, to get the title shot, but I don't really think he has. Rodriguez coming off of a weird win where Ortega's like dislocated his shoulder or whatever. That doesn't feel like enough to give you a title shot. Arnold Allen's in there on a nine-fight win streak, but still hasn't really built on the momentum uh, since the Dan Hooker fight that he won. So you've got kind of three guys there. And I I can see, again, I feel like this is ending up being being potentially bad for Arnold Allen. Because I can see a world in which they go, do you know what? There's no clear featherweight number one. Volk's got to have his hand surgery or whatever it is. He's going to be out for a while. Let's make a fight between two of these guys. And they will probably go for Josh Emmett and Jair Rodriguez. And then what's Arnold Allen doing then? Does he get the Korean zombie fight? Or does Korean zombie not really fancy it anymore? What's really in it for him fighting Arnold Allen? Does he? Uh, does Korean zombie think about retiring or something like that? Um, does Arnold Allen get put in this really shitty place where he has to fight like a Mobsar Evloev? Or something like that. Like, I just feel like it really delays the featherweight division. And what what I felt would have been the best thing to happen would have been Rodriguez beats Ortega, 
convincingly. Rodriguez fights Volkanovski, and then Josh Emmett and Arnold Allen fight each other for a clear, like, number one contender after a Rodriguez-Volkanovski fight. That would have been, I think, the best way for things to play out for the UFC and for the featherweight division. And now we're looking at another weird situation where you're like, you don't know what's happening. Someone's going to get left in a bad spot and it's going to take ages. And yeah, I don't think it's a great spot. Yeah, I would not want to be in that room with uh, Benil Dariush. It's a lonely place. Oh, God. I wasn't even thinking about Benil. <laughs> the poor old Benil. What's man. he gonna? He's gonna have to fight someone random, isn't he? So Before, rough, man. It's, uh, he's, uh, oh man, it's it's oh yeah. That's the. It's just the way it goes. Again, it's not always a meritocracy. Like I mean, you can make an argument that Makachev deserves his title shot against Oliveira, sure. But there's also an argument that Darius deserves it. And the the most meritocratic thing to do would have been to have those two fight to then fight. Oliveira for what is now a vacant belt. 100%. That's the fight. That's yeah. the fight. But like. the UFC have got a show in Abu Dhabi in October. And who do they want on the Abu Dhabi card? They want Islam Makachev. So it's, you know, it's numbers and politics and economics and all that shit, which is part of the sport that us as fans, we don't really give two shits about, but it's part of the business. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway... Should we start at the top? UFC London. Let's do it. So, I mean, the the last outing to, 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 to the O2, what a night. You know, absolutely, the card was absolutely chocker from from top to bottom. Um, and and obviously with this this card, it's again it's a, it's another monster um card. However, we've 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 lost a big fight from the, the roster, which we'll get to, but Top of the bill, uh, Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades. I mean, that's, as I think we've touched upon it previously, of all the fights in that division, I think, for Tom, that's, this is a, this is a, probably the last fighter that you probably choose because super quick, super athletic, hits hard, wrestles well, you know, all the things that Tom does. It's, I mean, it's got the makings of an incredible fight, but, I don't know. I don't know. How do you see this one going? Oh, I think it's a really tough one. To go. I, th- I think he, Tom has admitted himself. I love Tom because Tom's just so honest. There's none of that kind of like fighter bullshit with Tom. He's just he's a really honest guy. And I, I, yeah. I, I, I really like Tom for that. And I think even him himself, he said, Curtis Blades is probably the toughest opponent for me in the heavyweight division. Mm, and it is, a, it is a shame that they've matched these two up like this now because... I feel like we're in a position where we've got a mini number one contender tournament happening in front of our eyes. It's just not labelled as such because you've got situations within Ghana where we're like, is he going to re-sign with the UFC? What's happening with the champ? They really want to do Jones versus Miocic for an interim belt. So those two are there. So again, all these really talented younger fighters and you've got underneath. Tyre versus. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah. like the, the, all these talented fighters underneath the younger fighters. They're kind of all in this weird little like log jammy spot, and I think that's what the tournament is. Because I think Engano's they're waiting to see if he's going to fight Tyson Fury and if he's going to re-sign with the UFC and all that bullshit. Um, then he might got... be fighting Nate Diaz. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I didn't. But I, th- I, th- I think someone said something that makes me think I know roughly what you're talking about. Um, Incredible. But uh, 
but yeah, so the Jones, Miocic, yeah, they're the two big names. I understand why people would want to do that as an interim belt, fine, whatever. But then you've got, as you say, Aspinall Blades and Garn to Ivasa, which is happening in Paris in early September. And I think that's the four-man mini-tournament that's going on at the moment. And of those four, Blades is the hardest fight for, for Tom, in my uh, opinion. I think... I think he can take Ty down and avoid the power shots pretty well. Yep. I think with Garn, Garn showed real weaknesses in his ground game against uh, Francis. Uh, and I think Tom could could exploit that really well. Although the stand-up battle between those two would be great because they've both got such great footwork and are really nimble heavyweights. But Curtis Blades for Tom is... He's got good fundamental striking. His, his hand speed's nowhere near as good as Tom. His footwork isn't as good as Tom. But he's got good fundamental striking. And we saw that in the, um, uh, the, the Chris Dorcas fight uh, recently. Um, but Blade's major attributes is his wrestling. He's just got such great wrestling. And it'll be really interesting to see if Tom's jiu-jitsu can best ask uh, um, Curtis's wrestling or whether that kind of top pressure of someone like Curtis Blades being on top of you, if he does get to take Tom down, uh, is, is just too much for him. I, 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 I think Tom has more of a variety of ways to win this fight than, than Curtis Blades does. I think Curtis Blades' real way of, of winning the fight is getting takedowns and top pressure and if you're Curtis Blades, I think you want this fight to go into the later rounds. Because Tom's never seen a third round in his whole career. Not just UFC. He's never seen a third round. I think the total of his UFC fights... was he had like five UFC fights or something like that? The total of his UFC fights has, has accumulated to about 14 minutes. That, that's madness. And Curtis Blades is someone that's used to going... The distance, five rounds, three rounds, whatever it is. So if you're Curtis Blades, I think you're thinking, let me just survive the first round and a half, even if I give that away and lose it. And let's take Tom into deeper waters. And I mean, I'm sure Tom's training really well when he's got the gas tank to deal with that stuff. But it's a question that might need to be asked if you're, if you're Curtis Blades, because we've not seen it in the UFC before. And if you're Curtis Blades coach and, and on his team, you're probably going... Let's see how well this guy fights in the third, fourth, and, and fifth round. So let's take our, let's just be a bit defensive to begin with, and then put the pressure on a bit later on when Tom's getting a bit tired, and see how he goes. He's. Uh, I'm. I'm just going through Blades' record. Uh, he's not going to be freaked out, I think, by the the the, the roar that, that that's going to be for for Tom when he walks into the O2. I'm just looking. Obviously, if he's He's got two losses to Francis um, and uh, and the loss to um, Derek Lewis. But he has beaten uh, Olenek, Mark Hunt, Overeem, uh, J- uh, JDS, uh, Rosenstrike and Chris Dorcas. I mean, that's a, a Volkov. Uh, that's a serious resume he's got there. And, yeah, I... I I just think this this has got all the makings for a really good fight. And I yeah. think if he tries to maul Tom with his wrestling, I, I just think Tom's grand game's solid. I, I, I think yeah. if it goes to the grand, I think maybe t- Tom gets a, 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 a finish there. And I think if they stand and strike, I think it'd be interesting. But as we know, 
Tom's got a background as a boxer as well, um, and he's his footwork, as we've seen, he's he's remarkable. Yeah. He moves so quickly. His hands speed ridiculous. As well. Yeah. His head moves great. That one where he slipped off to the side in the Volkov fight and then shot for that takedown. Yeah. 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 He's, I think striking-wise, Tom's got a, a good advantage because of that hand speed and stuff as well. On the ground, that's where it gets a little bit more interesting, the wrestling versus the jiu-jitsu. And I know what you mean about the finishing acumen of, of Tom on the ground, but when you've got someone as good as Curtis, maybe on in top position, raining down punches and elbows, oh, that that that's a position that I think even someone like Tom, who's a BJJ black belt and is very good on the ground, I think even he would be like, I definitely don't want to be under Curtis while he's raining down punches. Unless you're Paul Craig. He likes that. <laughs> and Paul Craig would just slip it. <laughs> Paul Craig on his back, just slipping left and right and just waiting for the triangle to come. Oh, man. <laughs> Love you, Paul. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um, All right. Yeah. That, so, be... look, we, 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 come and get. I'm going to get off the fence because obviously I've been told that I'll sit on the fence. Uh, Tom gets the win. What are you saying? I, I'm going to say a Tom win, but I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be really interesting if this does see a third round to see how Tom goes. I think it might be really good for him as well. Like, I think maybe the best thing to happen to Tom would be if he won this by decision. Because just to get those five rounds under his belt mm. against a top elite level guy like Curtis Blades. Because the one thing is as well, Curtis Blades has only, as you pointed out, got three losses. And what's the uh, the thing that links all of them is they were to Big the hitters. two biggest elite level power punches in the UFC ever. Like Nganu and Derek Lewis. Tom's got fantastic hand speed and obviously as a heavyweight he clearly hits hard. And he could knock Blades out. But he's not in the league of Nganu or, or, or Derek Lewis when it comes to just sheer one-punch knockout power. He's been so. hit hard by other fighters. You think how hard Mark Hunt hits. You think, yeah. you know, Alistair Overeem. You know, these, these are big strikers. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm going Tom. Uh, Tom all day. Good. Good. Uh, let's As do if I could pick Tom. Blades. <laughs> if I could sit here and pick Blades. No way. Got to pick Tom. All right. Well, look, we've, we've obviously got the news a couple of weeks ago that uh, Darren Teal uh, has got injured and will no longer be fighting Jack Manson uh, in the co-main at 185. Um, I've heard there's a video doing the rounds of, of, of Darren's injury happening. Have you seen that? I haven't. I haven't seen a video of the injury, but I have seen um, that he did uh, some kind of YouTube or podcasting or something where he's talking really openly about how shit things have been for him and how gutted he is about the injury and he's just in a really low place. And I don't know if he said he's not sure if he wanted to fight anymore or anything like that, but he just, it seems like he's lost the love for it for a bit. And I don't know if that's because of the injuries. Because, I mean, imagine that the thing that you love to do and you're lucky enough to get paid for it and someone just turns around to you and goes, no, nope, you can't do that for a while because you're injured or because you're whatever. Yeah. And that's what's going on with him. And, and we spoke to Paddy Pimblett about that as one of our first episodes of this podcast like about a year ago or so now when he was first on the show. And he was talking about, the, you know, it, it, when you're injured and you can't train and you can't do the thing you love to do and earn the money in the way that you want to do it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You see, it impacts your mental health. And it sounds to me like Darren is going for a really tough time with that at the moment. So wishing Darren well. I hope he gets healthy and I hope he gets his head right. Because I was really excited to see him come back since the whole bromance with Chimaev. It made me think, oh, he's... He's back in the game. He he wants it now. Because- I wanted to see. I wanted to see him take a Manson down and see what he was going to do. I wanted to see if the wrestling had just you know he 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 was comfortable there till. Oh, Manson obviously- take him down. No, no, I wanted to see Till take him down and see what... That, what that, Till, well, that would never happen. Well, I want to see what Till's learned. I want to see what he's been doing with Yeah, Jemaine. but he wanna... defensively, surely. Mm. Like, he's, he's not going to be like, oh, I'll go and take down this great jiu-jitsu guy. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, ju- I just think he could have made a real statement there because I, I, I think, obviously, training there with Chemaev, he went there to train one thing, and that was because... Darren's stand-up, that's, that's never to be questioned. He's, you know, he, he's got great Muay Thai. You know, he's, 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 he kicks so well. It was the grand game which we've seen him, you know, come unstuck. And I'll just be really interested to see how well-rounded Darren Till is now. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, yeah. but I, th- I, I think he was going there to train it defensively. I like, imagine so. that so, he yeah. wouldn't get taken down. Because, but the other thing was, even more so than that, if you look at his body in the Brunson fight, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm no Hercules, guys. Bursting your bubble here. <laughs> but when you looked at Darren in that Derek Brunson fight, he, he, he didn't look like he'd been training really hard. He didn't look cut. He didn't look like he'd been focusing on his strength and conditioning and stuff like that. He looked, he looked a bit soft. For a, for, a, for a fighter at the elite level, he, 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 just, he didn't look the way he's looked in previous fights. And it made me think, are you, are you mentally up for this? And then when he started training with Hamza, I was like, oh, fuck, he's turned a corner. He's up for this now. He's going to really go for this. He's training with a guy that is so hungry. He's going to push him all the way. And we're going to see the best Darren Till we've ever seen. And I was really excited for his comeback. Um, and he's just had another setback. And, and if he did turn a corner, if mentally he went, you know what? I wasn't in the best place. And now I'm fucking ready to go. And then he's got injured again. That must that must be mentally devastating for you. So I I, I really hope he he comes through it and feels better. 
He's a, he's a young man. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's got a, a lot to look forward to. Um, Jack Hermanson's now got, um, has, has now got to look forward to fighting the action man, Chris Curtis. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, it, it doesn't massively excite me, this fight. Um, it's decent, but it's obviously we wanted to see a, a Brit in the co-main. Um, I'm quite a fan of Hermanson. I think he's uh, a, a, a well-rounded, and he seems like a, a, a proper top fella as well. Um, looking through Chris Curtis's sort of CV, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> do, I, 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 do you know what? This is all about Chris Curtis for me. I really enjoy the Chris Curtis story. Didn't he retire twice in one night? Like it was like he was in the PFL or something like that. Yeah. Fuck off. No, I really? think this is true. Someone else needs to go and check this for me because I'm too fucking like tired after hanging out with 20-year-olds to check this. But I'm pretty sure he was in the PFL and he had like – it was one of those PFL nights where they did multiple fights in one night. And I think he fought, lost, retired. And then the guy that beat him got injured – so he came out of retirement after like an hour or half an hour to fight again for lost, retired again. <laughs> so he retired like twice in one night. I'm um, loving that. And then has obviously somehow gone and then gone back. So he's retired like three times in the, the short period of time or whatever. Gone back, ended up getting into the UFC and has done really well in the UFC. And I think as much as... His resume and his name is nowhere near as big as Darren's. Stylistically, just quickly, on, he, on his resume, quickly, uh, I've just sat, uh, found the name that's the greatest name ever. Uh, he beat, uh, in 2017, uh, via uh, <laughs> striking... Was it uh, beat... Jack Della Maddalena? No. It was Portland Pringle the Third. <laughs> Portland Pringle the Third. Oh, my God, what? that's brilliant. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Sorry, like dude. A, go on. That sounds like a cartoon character. I know, um, love it. Portland Pringle the Third. He's got like a top hat and a big moustache and a monocle. Um, the uh, I can't remember what it said, but no, I think stylistically, Chris Curtis might be a really bad matchup for Hermanson because Chris Curtis does hit hard and he's got that kind of sprawl and brawl thing. He's got like again good wrestling but good defensive wrestling. And he just fought and beat Adolfo Vieira with that style, like avoiding constant takedowns. Like Vieira was just trying to take him down relentlessly. Excuse me. And he just didn't, he just didn't get him down. And then Chris Curtis is hitting him with good boxing and and strong, strong shots. And I think Hermanson might struggle with that. The only um, kind of question mark on this for me is, he fought Adolfo Vieira only uh, less than a month, it would have been. Less than a month ago that he fought Vieira. Sometimes when you're cutting weight twice in such a short period of time, it can really impact your body. And also, how much had he gone, oh, I've won my fight, let me go and eat cake and drink beer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he's got the call going, oh, shit, I've now got like 10 days to go and fight one of the, the biggest fight of my life in London. He's got the travel and all that and weight cut and all that stuff to do as well. So... That'll be really interesting to see if those things have affected him. But if those things haven't affected him, I think this actually could be a really tough night at the office for Jack Hermanson. Okay, okay. Um, is there anything more we want to sort of 
talk about on that, or should we move on? Let's move on to Paddy. Let's do that. I mean, what a, what a placement on the card. I mean, he's uh, you know we, we we can tell where that the you know what the fans are excited about, and they obviously want to see the baddie. Um, to be fair, because of where it, I know the, a lot of people outside of the UK would roll their eyes and all this stuff, but with Till dropping out for the UK fans, you could have made Paddy the co-main. Don't you think? I, I, mean, I know that he hasn't necessarily deserved it yet because this is only like what is like third UFC third, yeah. fight or whatever it is. And I get that. And there's a lot of people who be going, oh God, I so love Paddy this and they're like moaning about it. But let's be completely honest. As you said, who are the fans in the O2 looking forward to seeing? And to be fair, I think the majority of the fans watching globally, who are they more interested in seeing? Hermanson, Chris Curtis or Paddy Pimblett versus anyone? Absolutely, of course. It's Paddy. It is Paddy. Um, so he's fighting Jordan. Uh, leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Jordan, leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Um, I mean, good test for Paddy. This. Um, yeah, Jordan's this, good. Uh, this uh, uh, he's got. You know, uh, where's he fight out? Some syndicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're. they're there's not a lot between them. You know, Paddy's got a, a, a two-inch reach advantage, um, both 27. Like, it's a pretty well-rounded fight. And yeah, both good grapplers as well. Yeah. Um, I think I think Paddy might have the edge in just, like, the sheer kind of toughness of the fight. Like, the sheer, like, like just blitzing forward with punches, I think, is is something that Paddy might be able to worry Jordan with. I think on the ground it might be quite evenly matched. But, um, yeah, I think what's really interesting is, is going to see how Jordan responds to all of the kind of, like, furore around, like, mm. a Paddy Pimblet fight in London. Because he said on Helwani a while ago that, like, he doesn't really like the attention too much. Like, he's turned off all of his Instagram notifications and you're going to get a lot of attention when you fight Paddy. But that, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's going to be tough. I, I didn't see that with Vargas. I thought he, he didn't seem phased by it. I, I thought he seemed to handle it well in Paddy's last outing. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, it's clear that UFC know they've got a star on their hands with Paddy. And, mm. you know, they've put him at that point on the, on the bill. Um, when, theoretically, someone like Paul <coughs> Craig should, if you look at records, yes. Paul Craig should be in that spot. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or even Comain, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, we, we we know when you've got Paddy and Molly on a on a card. Certainly, when it's in the UK, it's it, there's going to be fireworks and 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 noise. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, I you know we've we've had Paddy on this podcast a few times. He's such a top lad. Um, but I, I just I'm I mean I guess that's what makes him such an exciting fighter. That he takes chances, and I always just think, "Oh God, don't get." Because when he got caught in that first fight with um, uh, Vendramini, I just thought, "Oh God, please don't, please don't have your debut and get knocked out." And I know Scassers don't get knocked out, but when he says things like that, I think, "Oh don't, God, no!" That's literally a red rag to a ball that somebody's going to want to be the first person to knock that Scasser out. But he's, you know, he's. <laughs> 
he's walking what he's talking, Paddy, and 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 I'm and I'm on board. I, you know, the, the, I, I'm I'm right in the front carriage on the Paddy train, and I just hope it's another spectacular night. I like it when he gets roughed up a little bit uh, because it makes the win even better, and it you know, and it's all experience. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to get a, a stoppage from Paddy. I don't think a knockout. I think we get a submission from Paddy on this. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I obviously want to see Paddy win. I think, I think if if he gets a finish, I think it will be more from strikes than from the grappling. So I think the grappling might be a bit more evenly matched. Um, Jordan, uh, leave it. Had um, uh, in in his in, in his uh, interview with uh, Helwani a while back, Jordan does these celebrations that seem to rub some people up the wrong way. I really enjoy them. He like will dance. He'll go down into the splits. He's done some twerking. He did the dirty dancing lift where someone lifted him like dirty oh, dancing right. style, and like I think that's just funny. I really like that. And he said. He's got a celebration plan that will start a riot in London. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to see it because I want to see Paddy win. But I really do want to know I, what the I, celebration I think, might I think be. You do. I think deep down you want to see that, don't you? Not against Paddy, but against someone I really do. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what, what's such a big deal that he's going to do that's going to cause so much uproar. But, uh, but no, I definitely don't want to see it on the 23rd of July against Paddy. Um, but yeah, but I, I quite like Jordan as a as a personality and and, and as a fighter. Um, I just don't want him to beat Paddy. So yeah, and I'll pick Paddy to win because I do think he might might have the edge in the kind of if it gets into like a brawl type situation. Yeah, and 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 Paddy will bite down and and and, and throw as well. But I, just, I always worry when you've got such expectation and such roar of that crowd like behind you like that I just worry that and I don't know why I'm worrying because he, he, he you know he's, he's an incredible talent he's Paddy but that moment where you just think don't get caught up in the moment of the crowd and things like that and just start thinking right I'm going to go for a blitz of a knockout here like but that's and, what fuels him isn't it I know I know that's what fuels Paddy, Paddy just feeds off of that Oh, no. He's like Hulk oh. Hogan back in the... I know you don't like your wrestling, but Hulk Hogan back in the day when he was about to get sleeper-holded, he would just like start reaching out to the audience and then they'd start giving him the power and then he'd start shaking and then all of a sudden they'd hit him and he'd just point his finger at him and then he'd just flare his moustache and that's it. I mean... Leg drop city. We'll, we'll get on to Father Christmas on the next episode, but the thing with wrestling is he, it would have already been written... Like what was going to happen there? So like Hulk can really play out. Well, we'll, we'll uh, do you know what? I'll, talk, I'll tell you about this afterwards, mate. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand what you mean. Yeah, all right, mate. Okay. Moving are on to crying? Paul Craig. Are you crying? <laughs> have you seen that that video, that meme where that big guys in like the audience of some kind of like wrestling chat with like some kind of old wrestlers, and he's like, "It's still real to me, damn it, damn it, it's still real to me." It's fucking great. You have to watch it. Um, uh, He can't let go. God bless him. Um, Paul Craig versus Volkan Uzdemir. Um, Is that what's next? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, look, 
as far as I'm concerned, Craig should be fighting a guy above him in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I say, he's on like... I mean, I disregard the the, the, the first Shogun Hua draw because that was a clear win for Craig. It was just the local 100%. judges, I think, giving that to... Well, giving a draw to Shogun. And then, obviously, in the, sec- in the rematch between them, Craig dominated Shogun. Um... I think Craig really technically should be on like some kind of like five or six fight win streak now with everything he's done. Uzdemir does represent a tough challenge though. He's fought for a title before and Uzdemir has fought some of the best of the best. I mean, Uzdemir's fought Daniel Cormier, Yuri Prohashka, Dominic Reyes, Rakic, Anthony Smith. OSP. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's fought a who's who of the light heavyweight division. So he's got loads and loads of experience he is a dangerous fighter but he's not on a great streak at the moment um, I think he's lost quite a lot lately and well, his last he, two fights he lost Ankalaev and, um, and and Jiri yeah and his win before that was against big Rakic Rakic which I thought he lost was that I think he's pretty sure that was like a split decision and I thought he lost that fight but equally he lost to Dominic Reyes on the Teal Masvidal fight and I thought he beat Reyes. So yeah. you can kind of interchange those a little bit. But he's not been on a great run of form of late. So I'm hoping Paul Craig can 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 win this. And I think he should be getting right up there in title contention soon. Because he's finishing guys quick as well. Look what he did to Jamal Hill and, and Krylov in the last fight in, in London. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping Paul Craig does the business. But... The one thing that Paul Craig's had in his favour of late is people have been really ignorant towards his BJJ and they have allowed him to clinch up and drag them to the ground or followed him to the ground. Cry love. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Followed him to the ground. Mm. And you're just like, mate, what are you doing? Um... And Uzdemir, you would imagine, is, is a veteran of the sport now. He's not going to play that game. He's not going to be that stupid. If he knocks Craig down or there is a body lock situation, if you're Uzdemir, you just want to separate and get distance immediately. And surely, after what Paul Craig has done in his last few fights, fighters are now aware, oh, we can't play the, the ground game with this guy. He will find a way to win. Like what he did in the Ankalaev fight a few years ago with like one second left in the round and he locked Incredible. up that triangle. Just don't go to the ground with Paul Craig. Um, so Craig has to find more innovative ways of, of getting people there, trying to close distance and clinch up. But Vulcan's got really strong hands and closing that distance isn't always going to be easy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Craig and I'm hoping for Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Bear to you all the way, mate. What do you want to talk about? Should we talk about Gus? Um, we can talk about Gus. That's, a, that's so annoying for Craig. Because Craig was meant to fight Gustafsson oh, no. in 205. Oh, no. The fight was de- delayed and stopped Craig fighting because he was like, no, I really want to fight Gus, so I'll wait for Gus to get healthy. I really want to fight Gus. 
Then Gus goes, oh no, actually I'm going to go and fight at heavyweight. So Craig's like, oh for fuck's sake, now I've got to fight Krylov instead. Fine. Deals with him. And now they're on the same card in London and Gus is fighting at 205. Craig must be furious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, like Ustamir's a a fight that Paul Craig necessarily ranked behind him, I'm sure. Um, And Gustafsson obviously isn't ranked anymore, but as as we spoke about before when we thought this fight was going to happen, it's a huge name. Huge you know? name. And uh, should we say that again? It's a huge name. Huge name! <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, but um, and, and I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing Gus back in the O2 anyway. And, uh, you know, Paul Craig, Uzdemir aside, um, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of uh, uh, of Alexander, I think he's um, just a, a, a top dude uh, and, and a real badass. And and I'm just, I don't really know how this fight's going to go. Um, I I I don't know. You can't really say too much. You don't know how long has Gus been out for. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. When was his last I mean, fight? I've got to be honest. I don't care that much. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I'm disappointed right. that Gus isn't fighting Craig. I don't think Gus is what he was. Krylov is a fine fighter, but is he going to fight for a belt one day? I don't think so. So, yeah. His last fight was uh, he lost via armbar to um, Vadum in 2020. Yeah. So no wonder he doesn't want to fight Craig then. Like, <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. But... Uh, so, right, okay, so let me just make a note, another fighter that Blake doesn't like. You're the one that calls everyone melts. You're the one that has to be careful. You're going to walk into the wrong arena one day and someone's going to be like, I listened to that show and you're going to be like, oh, shit, he's one of the ones I called a melt. Ooh, I'll tell you, the only ones I've called, who have I called a melt? Um, Colby. Bryce Mitchell. Colby. Bryce Mitchell. Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Um, I'm have sure there's a... been plenty others. Uh, DC, did I call DC one on on the, on the podcast? Or that might you, have just been on you've WhatsApp. You've called a lot of people melts. <clears throat> like you should, you should have like <laughs> Stu Whiffin's melt list. A meltdown. Meltdown. Stu Whiffin's meltdown. Just a, li- <laughs> a huge list of fighters. Top ten meltdown. Sh- that Stu would only ever, ever be incredibly polite to if he ever met them face to face. But on I'm this not going to call any of them people like, melts. Melt. Am I? They're he's melt. Destroy me. He's melt. That one's melt. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Um, yeah, well, I, I love Gus, and, and I know you don't, but you know, I you, do you... like Gus. I'm just, dis- I'm disappointed for Paul, and I just don't. I think, in terms of what's at stake in that fight, I, I, I don't think there's a huge amount. Like, it's, it's nice to have Gus on the card. He's a big name. That's that's lovely. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. All right. right, Molly McCann's fighting. Got to talk about Molly because we love Molly. Of course. She's fighting uh, Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie, not got the best record. She's lost her first two UFC fights, but won her last fight via armbar. But she was losing that fight up until the armbar. I think Molly has fought tougher opponents and beaten tougher opponents than Hannah Goldie. So this should, I think, be a win for Molly. What will Mm -hmm. be interesting is to see 
what the size difference will be between them. Because Hannah Goldie has fought at straw weight. But when you look at Hannah Goldie, you're like, fuck me, you're a tank. She is very, very muscular uh, for someone that's fought at straw weight and is now at featherweight. I don't know how she lost that extra 10 pounds to fight at straw weight. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of the game plan for Hannah Goldie is just to push Molly up against the fence and sort of hold her there yeah. and try and nullify Molly a little bit rather than kind of like hitting her with big strikes or anything like that, just, just really nullifying Molly for, for a while and, and doing that. So I think Molly's got to be careful of that and not get too frustrated if that does happen for a bit and just, you know, just do what Molly does really, really well, um, which is just fucking fight like an absolute demon. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm expecting Molly to win this one. I don't think Goldie's got a huge amount to trouble Molly with. But again, the the, the strength thing might might be interesting just to see who who has it in the strength department because Goldie, as I say, she's built and yeah. uh, and she she could be a lot to contend with in, in in those kind of clinches up against the fence and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, people's champ all day long for me, Molly McCann. Like, yeah, she's she she's got this. I really um, hope someone's got a fake belt again, and she can just walk around the cage with a fake belt. That is it. That that should be her gimmick. After yeah. every win, she just walks around with a fake belt and just Absolutely. is like, and, and that is it. Then that's people's champ. That's it. That yeah. that that is the one. That's the gimmick. Do that. Um, finally, finally, we're going to see Nathaniel Wood. Uh, Back in the uh, in, in the octagon against Charles Rosa, um, Nate was meant to have fought on the last um, card at the O2. Then on that card would have been the only Londoner uh, fighting on that bill. Um, his uh, his opponent uh, got injured, and and Nate was literally left high and dry. What was it? It was even like less than a week before the fight, wasn't yeah. it? And it was, I think they was... even got a replacement, which was um, Shalinian, but then obviously Shalinian's Ukrainian. That's he, right. So like the first opponent was injured, I think. That's then Shalinian right. stepped in, but then everything happened in Ukraine, and he was like, "Well, I need to stand fight for my country," which is completely yeah. understandable. But as you say, uh, Nathan was left without a fight, which is really shit for 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 Wood. But he's getting a fight this time, and it's at featherweight. He's making his featherweight debut. I think he's clearly had enough of the the horrible weight cuts down to bantamweight, and he's fighting Charles Rosa, who's a good fighter at featherweight. Yeah, I mean. He's, he's 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 yeah. His his record showing uh, you know uh, not not the the, the best run. <clears throat> he's lost four of his last six, and uh, I mean don't get me wrong, he's lost to fighters like uh, Bryce uh, Melt Mitchell, um, and but yeah, he's has, has literally come off two losses. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get it in, didn't you? <laughs> Oh dear! I mean, if anyone thinks Bryce Mitchell ain't a melt, then ah, uh, I don't know. You, you, you're a melt no, like, he might, because he might be a lovely human being. He's just got some very oddball views that I think are not the best. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, and uh, and I would never put a pair of his socks on. Um, oh fucking hell! That story. Oh god, <laughs> that was so grim. That was so gross. It wasn't even his socks either. Oh, if you're not aware of it, James Krause, who is a a UFC, is he welterweight or lightweight, James Krause? I can't remember. Um, But he, um, and he's a coach as well. And fucking Bryce Mitchell is at his house and seems to just go off and go for a nap. 
And I mean, you find this clip on YouTube, but the, the, the short story is that Bryce Mitchell borrowed a pair of James Krause's socks, then went into his bedroom, knocked one out on his bed, came on the floor and then wiped it up with the socks that James Krause had given him, but kept the socks on and wore them to the arena for his fight. I think he, I think he wore them on the weigh-in. Like, oh, was it the uh, weigh-in? Or, or, or the face-off or something like that. No, <laughs> Apparently, he said he'd had a phone conversation. He said, he said to James, oh, my girlfriend phoned me up, so you know how it is. And it was just like, no, dude. I no, don't. mate, it's never like that. <laughs> it's never been like that. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I mean, I yeah. would also say that James Crass, his, um, <clears throat> his Instagram breakdowns and stuff are really interesting. Like, I would definitely say go, go, go give him a follow if you're, you're not already. Cause he's, uh, yeah, top dude. Like From way back in... Uh, you know, when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, to to becoming a you know a legit you know coach now, he's 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 yeah. he's got some some badass fighters under him. Um, yeah. Anyway, we digress. So uh, hopefully, get to see a, a a big win for the Londoner in London on that night. Yeah, Mohammed Makayev. I mean, this is this this is the one, isn't it? That you know, we, we we've got our our big hype machine. That he's Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. We've got Ian Gary. That you know he's, he looks like they're, they're choosing a a more sort of slower route into stardom mm-hmm. for, for for Ian Gary than what they're they're doing with Paddy. Um, but I think the the one that everybody's also got one eye on uh, is Mohamed Makayev, who uh, there's I mean, he looked devastating, didn't he, in his in his last outing and his again, UFC debut as well. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, he he's the one that you go. Lots lots of UK fighters at the moment and Irish fighters have got the potential to do really really well. But you look at Mohamed Makayev and you go, if this guy's not a champion, I'll be really really surprised. Like there's other yeah. fighters where you go, oh they could do this, they could do that. I think they're a really great fighter, blah blah. But if if you had to say to me, put money on any one of those prospects of which one will definitely be a champion, all yeah. day long you put your money on Mohamed Makayev. Yeah. He just looks unbelievable. He had such an illustrious um, amateur career, and I just think he's going to steamroll through so much of that flyweight division. Yeah. Um, he's fighting, is it Charles Johnson? Yeah. Um, Johnson's making his UFC debut, and I think if you're making your UFC debut and you're going up against a killer like Makayev, it's not going to end well for you. He's got a decent amount of experience. He's 11-2, and two, and on top of that, he's had a bunch of boxing fights, most of which he's lost. But he's got that experience in the boxing, so he should have good hands. Um, he's never been finished by anyone in any combat sport, as far as I'm aware. He's not been finished in his, in his boxing or his MMA fights. Um, so... It's a good challenge for Makayev. Charles Johnson represents a very tough guy. He'll be hungry because he's on his UFC debut, but I I can't see where he really causes Makayev too many problems. I think Makayev should deal with him pretty convincingly. And then, yeah, this, be- this train's going to roll on and on until we I'll, get to the top of the division. I'd be interested to see how quickly the UFC move him. Like if he gets this win, 
are they going to do that? That I mean, it, you know, he's got plenty to say, Mohamed Makayev. He's not a Paddy the Baddy, you know. He's not as marketable at the moment. Um, I wonder how they're going to play him. Are they going to go, look, this guy is clearly a threat. Everybody's been talking about him, you know, in other organisations. And, you know, it, are we going to see him sort of push quite quickly? Um, because I think, it, by the sounds of it, he wants that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... You make your debut in London in front of that crowd. Your second fight is in London in front of that crowd. Uh, you know, the experience he's going to be getting from them kind of stages is, mm -hmm. is absolutely, you know, essential. Uh, and so, you know, bank all of that and then, yeah, get out to the States and, and, and start fighting some, some nastier people. And uh, I just hope that they push him quite quickly because I think yep. he's... he's, he's uh, his background, uh, he's earned his stripes. So uh, let's let's see how, how his journey continues in the, the UFC. But I, I, I'm picking Makayev on this. Yeah. Um, sure. Great to see Jai uh, back uh, on the card. He's fighting Kai uh, Carl Nelson. Um, obviously, uh, the, the the last trip to UFC London uh, against Apuria, um, you know, finished with that fucking terrifying right hook. Um, uh, in, in, in round two, um, you know we're big fans of uh, uh, of Jai on this uh, podcast. Um, yeah, hopefully we're going to see him. You know, come back and uh, I mean, again, how much can you learn from a loss like that? He just got, as we said about Jack Shaw at the beginning, he just got called flush, and, uh, and, yeah. and he was doing the, well in the fight. He was looking that great. Moment. That's why he was doing well. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm. Uh, yeah, uh, just looking at, at Carl Nelson's record, uh, he's won. He's lost three of his last five. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I, I imagine we're gonna. I'm gonna go with John on this because uh, I, I think he's a, a, a real talent, and and I think he's got something to prove. You know, was he the only London fight? Oh no, um, Corey lost as well, didn't she? The only UK fighter that lost in. Uh, at the O2 last time, so mm -hmm. I think Jai is going to be keen to make a statement here, and yeah. uh, and, I, and I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. Uh, on top of that, friend of the show as well, Mason Jones is fighting Ludovic Klein. Uh, so good luck to Mason. I think he might even be opening the whole show, maybe. I, uh, I believe so. Um, so yeah, good luck to Mason, and then also Mark Diacasey's back uh, against Hadzovic. So, yeah, lots of lots of great British fighters to watch on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cage Warriors on the Friday as well. Um, if you're fans of your MMA, uh, then you're all going to know that uh, we've got a Hardwick fighting for a belt. Um, it's, uh, oh, it's George, isn't it? It's not Harry. It's George's fighting George for the belt. George Hardwick's fighting for the lightweight and, belt, uh, yeah. And, and, and if you're fans of the Hardwick brothers, well, if you're not fans of the Hardwick brothers, go and... Uh, Go and listen to the previous episodes we've had on if you're unaware of who they are because they are solid gold. And go and watch Harry Hardwick's last fight in Cage Warriors. Oh, oh man. my God. Incredible. Like, absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah. And yeah, and so best of luck to George uh, this Friday. Um, yeah, if you've not been to a Cage Warriors event before, get yourself along to one because they're absolutely wonderful. Definitely, for me, you know, the, the, the best organisation uh, to go and uh, watch events at outside of um, uh, the, the UFC. Um, just and just looking at this card, you know, it, on Saturday, 
the amount of fighters that have gone into the UFC through Cage Warriors, from Tom, from Jack Hermanson, Paddy Pimlet, uh, Molly McCann, Paul Craig, was Paul Craig Cage Warriors? No, I think he was was Bama. Yeah, uh, go watch Nate Woods' fights in Cage Warriors. Oh, Oh. they were great. (laughs) Yeah, Jai Herbert... Uh, yeah, and, Mason and obviously Jones. Mason Jones was was two weight champion. In, yes, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's the kind of stuff you get at a Cage Warriors show. Um, so yeah, right. That's uh, that's the weekend that you've got to look forward to. Um, I hope you, uh, if you you haven't caught up on last weekend's fights, go watch them because last night's action was wonderful. We back next time. We're back next time. See you later, guys. Bye. Huge name.